4: Thank you for tuning to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. Remember that you are listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to southern Africa online thank you for joining us on www.channelafrica.co.za well today on the program we're going to be looking at the African Higher Education Summit which is currently underway in Senegal but before we speak to experts on higher education on the continent let's get our news from Anne Musa.
3: In the headlines, Côte d'Ivoire's former First Lady Simone Bâkbo is sentenced to 20 years in jail. A bomb explosion kills at least one Egyptian civilian, injuring two dozen policemen. And the U.S. reportedly removes a former leader of Somalia's Al-Shabaab militant group from its terror list. A very good morning to you. Côte d'Ivoire's former first lady, Simone Bagbo has been sentenced to 20 years in jail for her role in the violence that followed the 2010 elections. The court in Abidjan handed down its verdict after nine hours of deliberations. Despite losing the election, her husband, Laurent Bagbo refused to make way for the winner, Alessandra Ouattara, who is now head of state. At least one Egyptian civilian has been killed and two dozen policemen injured in a massive explosion in the west of Sinai Peninsula. The attack targeted a police station in the north Sinai provincial capital of Al-Arish. The attack comes a day after the killing of at least three Egyptian soldiers in a roadside bomb attack on the vehicle in the Sinai. Three others were critically wounded. The United States has removed a former senior leader of Somalia's Al-Shabaab militant group from its terror list. This following negotiations between the Somali and the U.S. government to establish whether Zakaria Ishmael Hersi has renounced violence, rejected the terror group Al-Shabaab and has fully embraced the peace process. American authorities have not yet commented on the remarks. In December last year, Hirsi surrendered himself to the Somali security forces in the region near the Kenyan border. Members of the United Nations Security Council are today embarking on a four-day mission to the Central African Republic, Burundi and the headquarters of the African Union in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia. The mission is taking place during the French presidency of the 15-member council, whose primary responsibility is the maintenance of international peace and security. Derek Mbata reports.
4: The Security Council
0: visit to the Central African Republic comes after the deployment in September 2014 of the UN Stabilization Mission in the country, known as MINUSCA. The mission is helping to restore stability as the country recovers from over two years of civil war
4: and sectarian violence between Muslim and Christian militias. In Burundi, the Council will assess progress made in the country which emerged from more than a decade of civil war in 2006.
3: And finally, opening this year's session of the Commission on the Status of Women, UN Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon called 2015 a vital year for advancing the cause of gender equality. Hundreds of delegates from women and social ministries, NGOs and gender activists are in New York to review the Beijing Programme of Action 20 years after its adoption. Ban has called for women to be at the centre of all spectrums of life.
5: There have been important advances since the Beijing conference. More girls have attained more access to more education than ever before. Maternal mortality has been almost halved. More women are leading businesses, governments, and global organizations. At the same time, progress remains unacceptably low, and our gains are not irreversible.
3: Recapping the top stories, Côte d'Ivoire's former First Lady Simone Bakboi is sentenced to 20 years in jail. A bomb explosion kills at least one Egyptian civilian, injuring two dozen policemen. And the U.S. reportedly removes a former leader of Somalia's Al-Shabaab militant group from its terror list. Always missing your favorite Channel Africa radio shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free catch-up service that allows you to listen to Channel Africa radio content from your cell phone, computer or tablet at your convenience. Visit www.channelafrica.co.za and click on programs for a list of your favorite shows. Select what you want to hear. Click on Listen and enjoy Channel Africa Radio. It's as easy as that. Channel Africa Radio, the voice of the African Renaissance.
4: Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. Remember, you are listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. If you're listening to us uh, online, it's on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today on the program, we're looking at the African Higher Education Summit, which is starting today in Senegal. I think it's going to be taking place in Dakar. Senegal is hosting a three-day African Higher. Education Summit, and uh, it will uh, center on the theme, Revitalizing Higher Education for Africa's Future. Now, the primary goal of the summit is to develop a common vision and contribute towards the development of an action plan to transform the African higher education sector in the next 50 years. Now, we'll have some experts in this hour to speak about this particular summit. But right now, we have Dr. Nkem Kumba, who is from the Center of African Studies at the University of Michigan in the USA. He's also an expert on science, technology and mathematics issues. Thank you, uh, Dr. Kumba, for joining us on the program.
1: Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here.
4: Now, tell us a little bit about uh, this particular moment for, this, uh, uh, for the continent because this is a very unique conference indeed and one of its kind in uh, the continent. Tell us a little bit about your involvement in uh, this year's African Higher Education Summit.
1: Oh Thank you. Uh, first of all, um, uh, you're you very right in, the, in mentioning that uh, this is a very new moment in African history. Now, uh, Af- most African countries, uh, are South Africa of course, got their independence about approximately 50 plus or minus, minus years ago. And at that point, um, the premier institutions of higher education, they were regional in Nigeria, in East Africa, Cameroon uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Kumba, Dr. Kumba,
4: Dr. Kumba. I think we're struggling with that line, it's breaking a little bit there, so we're going to try call you once again and see that we can see if we can get a better connection with you there, because uh, it's uh, breaking a lot, so we're really struggling to hear you there, but I'm going to ask our producers just to get back at you and to re-establish connection with you there, but we're going to move on to Dr. Tendai Murisa who is the Executive Director of Trust Africa, and uh, they are the ones organizing this uh, particular uh, conference in itself. Dr. Amorisa, thank you for joining us as well. Thank
5: you very much for having me.
4: Now, uh, the conference is a culmination of a three-year initiative undertaken by Trust Africa to broaden the dialogue about the role of the higher education sector in Africa. Tell us a little bit about how this uh, conference came about and how important it is. Oh,
5: yeah, okay. So Trust Africa, you, you may not be aware of our background. We are largely a, it's a, it's an independent foundation based in Dakar, Senegal, but it's tentacles across Africa, and uh, we, what we do is one of the most important things that we have found is to provide space for different actors from across sectors to meet and to discuss policy challenges that are affecting Africa's transformation. And uh, honestly, in our program on equitable development, when we crafted it uh, initially, we uh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, there was need for so us just to convene partners. We don't claim to be experts mm. on higher education, but what we did is we brought together different experts from uh, the higher education uh, landscape, these are uh, your vice chancellors, the students, the different non academic units, and the ministers of higher education. Mm. And uh, also, because of what our because of what Africa had gone through in the 90s and the 80s around structural adjustment, we began to realize how under-investment in higher education has actually led, number one, to decline in the capacity of uh, the African university to deliver the need for the ever changing market, and also the loss of uh, higher education uh, experts and also scholars to the global north, you know, the brain drain. It's a phenomenon that cuts across Africa, where you have your best talent, not based on the continent, but outside of the continent. So we realized that there was need. We started off with uh, national dialogues. The first dialogue was in Botswana in 2010. We moved to Uganda with meetings in Tanzania and Kenya, Ghana and Nigeria. What surprised us was the commonality of the issues that were coming out of the dialogues. Every meeting that we went to, the issue around under-investment, the issue around lack of harmonization, of our, our our higher education system across Africa, and also just to say that uh, we've not seen the production of graduates at the level of need that Africa has. Our our investment in our education compared to other regions, It's some ministries, and also our production of uh, PhDs, and, uh, in particular, is lower than Malaysia. You can just compare the continent number of engineers producing every year compared with what Malaysia produces, then it begins to tell you that we we have not even stretched uh, the gap in terms of making sure that Africa rises equitably. So those are the issues we saw, and we divided working with our partners, especially the Canadian Corporation of New York,
4: well, also, it's, it's very interesting that the the conference has a very interesting uh, theme in itself: revitalizing higher education for Africa's future. Uh, Doctor Tendai Tendai-Murisa, tell us a little bit about that uh, very uh, positive and uplifting theme that you guys want to focus on this year. Okay, uh,
5: you're very right. I think. We it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a provocative one. Well, others are asking, what do you want to revitalize? It looks like, to others, it looks like everything is going on okay. But given what we have seen globally, and this is position Africa globally, you begin to realize that we need for a jump-starting approach to this. On uh, one thing that is credible, and these, these are the positive signs, is since liberalization sets in Africa, the number of private universities it's been phenomenal. Uh, and also the number of graduates at our universities has vastly increased. So there is nothing I believe. But for us to begin to be playing at the same level with, with Asia and the global north, of development, we need to start with more resources. One thing that is, you know,
4: Yes, Hi, uh, Dr. Tendai, Marisa, I, th- I, I think we, we lost you a little bit, but stay with us there. I just want to move on to Dr. Nkem Kumba. I think he's back on the line. And if you've just joined yes. us, Dr. Nkem Kumba is from the Center of African Studies at the University of Michigan in the United States. Now, uh, Dr. Kumba, sorry for cutting you off there, but just to um, move on from some of the areas, Dr. Uh, Dr. Maurice has highlighted he's spoken about the problem of the uh, brain drain that you know sometimes Africa very much struggles with uh, uh, keeping its uh, academia and also the issue of uh, underinvestment and uh, sometimes the gap of uh, the kind of graduates we have compared to the rest of the international field. Uh, Dr. Nkem Kumba your views there on uh, uh, some of the challenges that exist on the African continent continent especially when it comes to our higher education
1: so uh, thank you again I'm, I'm glad to be back um, I, uh, I, to uh, pick up on what uh, my colleague uh, Tendai uh, uh, indicated the biggest challenges that uh, uh, someone like me from our outside who's uh, interacted tremendously with uh, the African higher education space see is that of uh, the the culture of practice within the within the whole uh, uh, system now the founding mission of african universities the main ones course that started in the 60s and 70s train people like uh, the mazuris the, uh, the uh the leadership Post 1960, the goal at that point was to train the the cadre that would fill in the vacant office that the colonialists were leaving, fill manpower, and provide um, uh, recourse to the African personality that had been questioned during colonialism. So we had the question: Are we human or not? African higher education at the the initial points had those two core issues: train the manpower for the offices, the and, and the humanities and social sciences to recapture the African personality. Now that so, that's tremendously as you see a very vibrant African uh, bureaucratic systems. Who may complain about African uh, offices uh, African countries being heavily bureaucratic is a success of its initial mission on higher education. Now, to the 80s and 90s, global uh, economic challenges caused the continent to diverse resources from higher education and rely more on its natural resources for its survival. But then, the, the world in which Africa exists changed rapidly from an industrial base when Africa had independence to a more knowledge system propelled by scientific knowledge, and so. Africa now has a challenge of not only recuperating from uh, the, the investment that it had in the 80s and uh, 70s, Dr. but Dr. also Kumba. to restructure its mission towards training these technical. Dr. Kumba, I'm still. Or the modern economies that it's time to serve trying
4: to negotiate mm. Dr. Kumba I'm still struggling with that particular line once again I apologize to our listeners because we are trying to connect with uh, Dakar and that is where the conference is taking place in Senegal and it's a three day African higher education summit starting today and just to look at some of the themes that Dr. Kumba was highlighting there looking at really the uh, changes of uh, our higher education system after uh Independence, especially from the 1960s, uh, from their former colonial masters. The time right now is 18 minutes past 11. I want to try, uh, maybe see if we can actually sort these technical issues out to see if we can push this conversation forward. But we are having an international call today on our program, so that's why we are struggling with those particular lines. You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Benjamin Mushatama. This is African Dialogue. <laughs>
3: Hi, I'm Kwasoza Nadlamini Zuma, the chairperson of the African Union Commission. You are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
4: Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. And uh, just uh, another reminder that today we are featuring the African Higher Education Summit. And uh, it is starting from today, ending on the 12th of March. And uh, there is uh, a huge also African Union agenda that is also attached to this uh, particular conference in itself. It will also fit in with the African Union's Development Agenda 2063. And a very, very ambitious um, theme there titled Revitalizing Higher Education for Africa's Future. And earlier on, we're just struggling with some of the lines because we are having an international call there. And sometimes, uh, knowing on our continent, sometimes we do have those uh, breaks, sometimes in terms of telecommunication. But let's see if we've reestablished our connection with our guests on the line. Dr. Tendai Morisa, are you still there? Uh, Dr. Maurice is not there. Dr. Kumba, are you there? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're still struggling with that particular line of yours. It's still not very much of a good uh, line. And I don't want us to carry on with oh, the interview okay. be- because, uh, yeah. 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 yeah, Dr. Kumba, it's really bad from this side. And uh, it's very difficult to do... Uh, the interview because uh, I just don't want us to talk and we can't hear you. It'll be very unfair for for you and for ourselves as well. So we're gonna just uh, see if we can reestablish those lines. But let me see if Dr. Tendai Maurice is there. Dr. Oh. Maurice are you there? Oh, I'm just yeah, no, we are we are struggling with that. We are struggling with our lines there, and it's so unfortunate because this is such a great topic that we wanted to cover today. We're trying to get through to the lines in Senegal, and we wanted you to know what's happening at this African Higher Education Summit. It's actually starting today, and it's very very interesting to see just the agenda of it and just what it is going to be focusing on. And just to quote some of the areas that Dr. Tendaya Maurice highlighted earlier on it's really about the idea that consulting uh, the many continents leading educators about the challenges that he highlighted earlier on that are faced by higher education and and for him he did mention that it became clear that there is a need for such a summit there's a need to engage and in some instances to reevaluate the higher education system in the continent and also it's to see if it is uh, integrated is another area where uh, sometimes the there is just a, a polarization within the, the higher education as a whole on the African continent. How do we actually integrate our learning systems in all our African countries? I think it's a really interesting idea to have this particular conference. But let's see if we've re-established contact with Dr. Tendai Morisa. Are you there, Dr. Tendai Morisa? No, he's not there. Let's let's go for one more break and see if we can reestablish connection. We're struggling with today's program. That's because we're trying to get through to Senegal. But let's have one more break and see if we can actually tidy things up.
3: Is missing your favourite Channel Africa radio shows? Well, now you don't have to. We have a free catch-up service that allows you to listen to Channel Africa radio content from your cell phone, computer, or tablet at your convenience. Visit www.channelafrica.co.za and click on programs for a list of your favourite shows. Select what you want to hear. Click on listen and enjoy Channel Africa Radio. It's as easy as that. Channel Africa Radio, the voice of the African Renaissance.
0: Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Africa, wake up. Africa, Africa, réveille-toi. Africa, Africa, wema. Sun rising. Le soleil wema. What's in the happen Africa? Africa, dumelang, sanbonani. Africa Africa,
1: Africa What's in the happen Africa?
4: It doesn't matter where you come from. Lesotho, Kenya,
2: Zambia,
1: Ghana,
4: Nigeria, Nigeria, Tanzania, Congo, Liberia, Togo, Ethiopia, DRC, South Africa, Swaziland, Morocco, Botswana, Gabon, Zimbabwe, Mauritania, Senegal,
1: Sierra Leone, Liberia.
4: Doesn't matter where you're from, we are one people. Channel Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. This is DJ
6: Cleo with G Exploits from Nigeria.
0: Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance.
3: Hello and welcome to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. We broadcast from Johannesburg, South Africa, and our main aim is to provide news, views, interviews, knowledge, and entertainment from Africa to Africans and the world. We broadcast in six languages, allowing Africa to tell its own stories promoting the continuation of our continent's unique place as the birthplace of humankind.
4: Africa, rise and shine. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. There. Hey, today we are having a little bit of a struggle with our lines. We're trying to get through to Senegal. And let's see if we have uh, some of our experts there. Uh, Dr. Tendai Maurice, are you there with us? Yes, yeah, I'm here. All right. I apologize for that connection. I think it's because of the telephone lines. But uh, let's just forge on and see if we can actually move on in terms of some of the areas that will be uh, highlighted on this particular summit. Can you highlight, really, we were talking about the theme when we were starting out. But in terms of uh, some of the areas that will be covered in terms of the area of uh, higher education, what will be covered at this particular summit?
5: Okay, we, I think we should set off by saying I agree with you. There are certain things to celebrate around higher education. So we are starting off with uh, a looking back, looking ahead, just to celebrate where we have come from as a people, because we have the longest history of universities compared to the rest of the world. It's only that our history has not been captured well. So we are doing that, I, I think, there's a way of affirming that, yes, there is a challenge, but it's not all going well. Uh, You know, the manuscripts in the K, Mali, the original university in Mali, Morocco, etc. So that we are doing. Then we're going to move into a a session on investment in higher education. Looking at the different forms of investment, such in discussing the role of the state. What should be the role of the state in revitalizing higher education? Instead of just leaving this issue players and donors, we think the school should be playing a more central role around making sure that there's increased investments in higher education. And also, in it, we are also hoping to be mobilizing what we call higher education champions, and we are mobilizing continental leadership, making sure that there are voices that keep are talking about who need to focus on higher education. And we're very glad that. Uh, the AU future SM is here, Professor first Zuma is here and we are going to be discussing mostly around I think twenty sixty three as set up by the AU, and is uh set up specific goals around higher education. I see them.
4: I'm still here. Yes, I'm, I'm looking at some of the elements as well. And also uh, looking at the current climate of the world, um, Doctor, you know, technology and the digital, digital age seems to be uh, driving uh, economies all around the world. Uh, how are we going uh, to look at this uh, paradigm or uh, look at how uh, African higher learning institutions are adjusting to this shift?
5: Yes, we are definitely looking at, uh, you know, there's many acronyms around this issue. There's STEM, but science, technology, and mathematics. So we're definitely looking at that as well. To so begin to say, how do we get uh, African universities playing a leading role around this? And also with the digital edge. How do we also replicate technology we have seen in the U.S. around these massive open universities, you know? And given uh, we, we, the numbers that are in Africa, we realize that in Britain, not a university, we not sure the challenges that we face in terms of access. So the huge question on uh, improving access, but also quality access, it's just not about just a, ma- a massification of uh, higher education, but making sure that whatever we do is embedded in uh, ensuring that there's improved quality and also there's improved access. One of the models, one of the shining beacons around uh, long distance education. We need to In South Africa, across to your offices, I believe, where they've really launched for years now. They've become specialists in uh, business learning. So we need to say, how do you replicate a new model across Africa to make sure that African citizens would otherwise not have the opportunity to be in a physical university, also get access and take advantage of technology. So that's what we are doing. But also we We feel the centrality of the humanities that higher education is at the risk of moving toward science, mathematics, which are well and good, but we also believe humanities play a big role in shaping society and uh, so always the session on uh, higher education, nation building, and citizenship. It is really the role of the humanities in fostering debate in fostering the culture of inquiry in making sure that we and um, we really contribute towards the democratization of our societies and improve our accountability amongst ourselves. We believe that higher education still a that role in helping us build our nations. Most of our nations in Africa are 50 years and under. So there's still an issue around our identity, how we do our things, the And we believe that higher education, in particular the humanities, should contribute towards that. Know, know. There's an
4: interesting
5: debate that mm. has been raised by you can go ahead, Sorry, doctor. So, Sorry. Okay, there's an interesting debate that has just come from higher education experts around what they are calling the diversification and differentiation. Literally, what they are saying is, every university. If you look into Africa, you look at Nigeria, in Zimbabwe, the largest number of universities. These universities have different qualities. Some universities, their role is literally really should be focusing on research, higher the research, or I mean, some should be focusing on teaching. So that diversification of universities, we of got to, to the universities just as one group but to begin to appreciate that they have different qualities and different contributions that they can make to society. So to begin to really be clear when we're talking about, say, making universities in a place like South Africa or in the subject region, to begin to allocate responsibilities to say that certain universities that will be, responsible for advances in, biochemica- in biochemistry, in uh, biology, in medical issues. So we allocate resources for them to specialize in that. While these other universities are given the training role, et cetera, hey, this differentiation and in diversification, this is becoming an issue so that we need a more nuanced but centrally organized form planning in terms of what universities should contribute to so that we recognize the little resources that we have. Uh, in higher education. So in brief, those are the things we are focusing on. But obviously, we'll talk also about gender, and gender is going to be cutting across all the things we have mentioned in terms of making sure that there is equity, there is access for, that is, that is informed by the gender debate that we have So this is not something that we are throwing in the jet, but we are very conscious of issues to do with gender and other minority groups or historically disadvantaged groups. So especially if you look at countries such like as South Africa, Namibia, that you have a longer list of settler colonialism or apartheid, and where people do not get access to higher education. How do you jumpstart those communities to make sure that they are also benefiting from these processes of transformation?
4: Mm, Good points that you're bringing there. Let's see if we also can just get to Dr. Beatrice Njenga, who is uh, from uh, the African Union. Uh, She's the high education director there. Uh, Dr. Njenga, are you there with us? No, I think we're also struggling with Dr. Njenga's uh, line there as well. Uh, I think we're just struggling with those lines today. Uh, We're just trying to make international calls into Kenya. But let me stay with you, uh, Dr. Tendai Murisa. Uh, You you spoke about excess just uh, a few minutes ago, and I think it's a good point that you're highlighting there. And it is no quiz to state that Africa Mm. is a poor continent. Uh, Are there any new innovations that enable students to access higher education, especially when it comes to funding. Uh, and the issue here is because uh, there's a lot of uh, funding but most of the time the students have to pay it back. Uh, are there any innovations when it comes to funding yes. that uh, allow African students to access higher education without being indebted to the same system that should be for their upliftment? Oh yes. Uh, the, the thing we've already
5: discussed, but the are two possibilities that we have seen and that we it things should be explored. better than what we have seen Uh The first one is uh, universities that have a long history, like if you take University at Ibadan in Nigeria, and uh, many of your old universities that you find in South Africa and Kenya, etc. There's a huge alumni that we are not stepping into. Most of the uh, universities in the global north, like Harvard, Oxford, they benefit a lot of their former students. There's actually structures and processes that make sure that these people are getting millions of dollars every year that helps them to begin to deploy towards serving the current generation. But in Africa, that has not yet been developed uh, properly. I've seen different pieces here and there, especially I know Robb University has something that is going on. But in terms of it being practiced, it's not yet part of the mainstream in terms of universities talking to their former students. Yeah, all over the world. Really. We could give, let's say, $100 a month, $100 a year into a fund that is independently run, that it contributes to the scholarship fund, it contributes to maintaining the university. So that's number one. Then number two, if you really look, especially also given the theme of your show around African Renaissance, if you really look, um, African Renaissance is only going to check off if African people affect themselves. And the only, the, one of the ways of affecting ourselves is by looking at what we have and not looking to the model of in power. So we have natural resources. We are not, we, why not introduce an education to companies that are extracting resources from Africa? Companies that are extracting labs now, minerals, different minerals. And especially given the fact that they're also going to be employing graduates that come from our universities. For some reason, business is not playing a significant tax. And way I mean the, the, the most dominant form of business that we have in Africa is the multinational corporations that are engaged in extractive industries. So if they were to be less some portion that goes directly to an education fund, especially in areas such as South Africa where you to do it, uh, limited access because of limited resources, that would bridge the gap. But I think Africa needs to be much more bold in terms of assessing is ownership for the natural resources. Because that's one of the most significant resources that we have besides our people. So how then do we make sure that we are keeping into it for our development? And we have to remember these natural resources will come to an end. So we have to utilize them strategically. So I see a linkage, a huge link between the development of the sciences, especially with disciplines such as metallurgical engineering, chemical engineering, they should be engaged by mining companies and other companies that are engaged in extractive industry.
4: Mm. And, and Dr. Muris, I just want to come back to something that you highlighted as we started the program. And you spoke about the integration uh, of our higher learning institution. Is the conference going to look critically at the integration of the African continent, educationally speaking, where we are more uh, united in terms of what's happening in higher education and in research and in papers? How do we create a collective on the continent?
5: We I think number one. I think we have to look at the integration or the harmonisation of the qualifications of our graduates. Is it possible for a young graduate, who is doing a masters in uh, environmental sciences or a masters in uh, nutritional sciences, studying in Kenya? Is it possible for that student to go to South Africa and complete use or her studies? There is always a challenge around looking at the standards and so on. So, so. so I mean, across the board for standardization. We we'll began to see in Francophone Africa what they call the LMG approach, which is the license, the master's, and the doctorate. So if we can do that across the board, it helps to make sure that with this different movements of students across the continent within programs of with different levels of computing. That is number one. But number two, the issue around collaboration in research. You know, we see a lot of uh, comparative studies between a certain group here in Africa working through with Latin Americans and West Asians, but we are we are not and I, I said personally, we are not investing more in resources towards making sure that we have research resources between East Africa and West Africa, East Africa and North Africa, the so on for all the other sub across the city. especially in phenomenon such as climate change, our we understanding our lakes and our water systems. From what kind of perspective where we are sharing data, etc. And what platform do we have this? We have one platform for where we are really trying and uh, exactly trying exactly challenging these progresses to create these multinational working research groups where we find different people from different nationalities tackling a common issue from a research perspective. That helps because we get an intense perspective on Africa. Because the challenge that we have right now, even going to international conferences, we meet a lot of non-Africans. We are experts in Africa. if we are very few Africans we are experts from other regions. But to actually inform our trade policies, our industrial policies, we need not only to know Africa, but we also need to know other regions. And it should be our scholars that are sort of motivated towards doing that. My argument is we cannot start going thinking about that before even address uh, the collaboration between a Kenyan scholar and a Tanzanian scholar, or mutual literary never collaborated for 27 years, 30 years. So I think we need to start developing this research with us, uh, in these processes of cross collaboration. There's something else that you raised earlier about funding when it comes to this research field. Because the uh, challenge now is many academics, where we are capturing academics, they tell you that. Over the years, the resources that are deployed to other resources have diminished considerably. So we've our academics into consultants. and that's a challenge. because are consultations we need to in terms of thinking broadly and also adding new knowledge that we require to take our continent forward.
4: Well, you bring good points there, and I'm wishing you well, Dr. Tendai Murisa. This is very innovative itself. This African Higher Education Summit, and I think it's about time that we have these conversations on the continent, especially when we're still aiming to decolonize ourselves from uh, certain parts of our past. But uh, thank you mm-hmm. for for joining us on our program, Dr. Murisa. We really appreciate your time. Thank
5: you very much for your time, well. Have-
4: fantastic, and it's it's unfortunate that uh, we struggled with our lines there. We were going to speak to the African Union Higher Education Director there, and uh, that's Dr. Beatrice Njenga, but we struggled, and we tried Dr. Ngem Kumba from the Center of African Studies at the University of Michigan, USA, also an expert on science and technology and mathematics, and uh, we, we had him there on the line, but hey, that line was just too poor for us to continue with him. But hey, that is our program today. Uh, thank you for joining us. We have some music before our economics update.
2: Los, me. Que mostrar es camino longe, es camino para Santo México Que mostrar es camino longe, Que mostrar es camino longe? es caminho para Santo México Soda, soda Soda, desde terra terra San Inclado. Soda Soda dis soda, terra cloud quem mostra vez caminho long quem mostra vez caminho és caminho passando bien. Que mostra vez caminho quem mostra vez caminho long esse caminho passando por mim saudade 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 dessa minha terra san claud saudade 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 des minha terra san claud se si vou escrever muita escrever se si vou esquecer monta esquecer até dia que vou voltar se si vou escrever muita escrever se si vou esquecer muitas esquecer até dia que vou voltar só dá dá... Soda, desña terra, se me Soda, 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 desña terra, se me
4: Time right now is eleven forty-five. The sounds of Cape Verde. I love, love, love Caesarea of Wura. that was so dark there. But let's move on. It's eleven forty-five. We have Wisani Matebula standing by to give us our business news.
6: Thanks, Benjamin, and good morning. South African rand a further weakened to a new 13-year low against the dollar, prompting economists to warn off impending price hikes for imported goods and yet another steep fuel increase. The rand has also decreased against a basket of currencies. The mini-collapse is partly due to investors selling off emerging market currencies amid expectations of an imminent interest rate hike in the U.S. And Zimbabwe expects to pay off decades-old areas with the International Monetary Fund within the next year, despite an IMF forecast that uh, sees the country's economy weakening further in 2015. Zimbabwe's Finance Minister, Patrick Chinamasa, says the country has started making token payments. Speaking last night at the end of a two-week IMF visit, Chinamasa says a government should acknowledge its debt to white farmers for properties seized during land retributions. To landless blacks.
5: We have to
0: confront our problems, don't we? It's also a part of the uh, imperative to improve confidence. And everybody knows we don't have the money, but at least let's take the preliminary steps that we need to take
6: towards that
0: final uh, step.
6: Uganda's government uh, asked Parliament to approve an increase of more than 5% in public spending. President Yawiri Museveni is widely expected to stand for another term but has not yet stated his intention. Extra spending before the 2011 vote drove prices higher and sent the currency to record lows at the time. And a fixed-line monopoly, Telecoms Egypt, has reported a 31.4% slump in profits for 2014 It says net profit for the year fell to $266 million in 2013. The firm in which a government owns an 80% stake had operating revenues. Telecom Egypt says it expects to receive a unified license for mobile and landlines to open the way to offer mobile services in competition with Egypt's three existing providers, Vodafone Egypt, Etisalat and Mobinel. But the license approved by the government last year has not yet been activated. Meanwhile, you know, South African Federation, Labor Federation, Kusatu's affiliated unions have accused government of negotiating in bad faith during wage negotiations for public servants. The Federation has threatened to down tools after revising its wage demand from 15% to 10%. Kusato's chief negotiator, Mugwe Namaluleke, says they, they want a double-digit increase for their members. Government has done the unexpected by using the monthly CPI to reduce its offer.
5: Whatever you put on the table,
0: um, you cannot revise it downwards. That's never happened since 1994. Once the
5: employer does what it has done now, we regard that as pure, you know, embarking on a strike. Actually, are damaging the trust that's supposed to be kind guiding the negotiations. Yes, we acknowledge there are other issues where we are talking, where we are making progress, and therefore this will spoil everything else that we have made progress on.
6: Let's look now at your financial indicators. The dollar 1245 South African Rand at 9.73 Botswana Pula and 6.99 Zambian Kwacha also at 0.652 the British pound and at 0.89 against the euro. Commodities gold 1161 dollars, platinum 1137 dollars a fine ounce, Brent crude oil at $58.66 per barrel. That's how it's looking.
4: Fikile Lingwati is standing by to give us our sports.
0: In our sports update this hour, we're kicking off with football news. Uganda national team coach Mouritin Serajadovic, Micho has been linked to Sudanese club Al-Hilal. This afternoon, his Uganda's under-23 national team lost on a penalty shootout against Mozambique in the second league of the 2015 All-Africa Games qualifiers this past weekend, making Mozambique proceed into the next round with a 4-1 aggregate. However, following Monday's showdown meeting at the federation headquarters, Micho says Uganda is where his heart belongs. Media reports in Kampala have stated that the Sudanese side is offering Mitchell twice his salary in Uganda. But Edgar Watson, CEO of the Federation of Uganda Football Association, says Mitchell is still contracted to the Federation.
3: Uh, the official of our position is that uh, we still have a contract uh, with the coach. And uh, if there will be any development, we shall be in position to communicate. But as far as we are aware, we still have a contract with the coach. And, uh, and that's our statement as of now. Yeah, we've heard about... Uh, Rumors circulating around, so much information circulating, but uh, the position of FUFA is that we still have a contract running and uh, the coach is still under contract. And if there is any development that comes up in future, we shall be in position to communicate.
0: On to Cricket News. South Africa's national cricket team got back to the grind at the Basin Reserve Cricket Ground in Wellington today. The Pro Chairs will play their final 2015 Cricket World Cup pool match against the United Arab Emirates on Thursday. Pro Chairs Sima Mone Mokel says while the team is still reeling from their shock 29-run defeat to Pakistan on Saturday, they want to play their best cricket for the rest of the tournament.
5: We can just come out here and, and work hard and we would love to win all the games and go and, and lift the trophy and make everybody happy. But unfortunately life and, and, and this game that we play, um, we need to respect that and uh, just go out and, and give it our best. We're a team that can pick ourselves up quite quickly. I think we show that you know, after the Indian game and, uh, and that's the most important thing for us.
0: And the Proteas will play the United Arab Emirates at the Wellington Stadium on Thursday, their final match of the group stage of the Cricket World Cup in Australasia. The South Africans will use the day-night encounter to fine-tune their disciplines ahead of the quarter-final clash against 2011 runners-up Sri Lanka Pro Sima Moko. Mokal.
5: Unbelievable good exercise for us going into the quarter-finals with prep and um, you know, really a really of confidence to two to us. They started quite well with a new ball. They're a team that bowls a, a sort of pace that's quite tough to get away and there's a lot of swing. So if, once again, for our top order, it would be nice to be tight. And um, from a bowling point of view, you know, we can work on our death. On the boxing
0: news, after fighting out of South Africa in his last three bouts, IBF junior bantamweight champion Zolan Lasbon Tete now wants to slug it out in front of his home fans. Last Friday, Tete stopped Brighton Paul Butler in the eighth round during his first defence of the IBF crown in Liverpool, England.
6: I would love to fight here in South Africa, as it is not easy to fight outside the country. I mean, I've been been fighting outside for for the last two fights and I've proven myself to the world.
4: And I'm pleading, I'm pleading everyone who can help us that we can fight here in South Africa. To make the fight happen here, my next defense, I want it to be here,
6: wherever it is, but to be South Africa.
0: And finally, with cycling. The UCI President Brian Cookson has called up his predecessor Hein Verbruggen to resign from his current position as honorary president of cycling's well-governing body. The Independent Commission for Reform in Cycling's report into the sports doping past mandated by Cookson and published last night found out that under Verbruggen's leadership, the UCI had colluded with Lance Armstrong to circumvent accusations the seven-time Tour de France winner doped. Cookson says Verbragen had placed the business side of the sport above its integrity. He says Armstrong would not have won seven tours de France if UCI had acted correctly.
2: I was quite shocked by the underlying elements of that era of cycling in which uh, Lance Armstrong thrived and the degree to which the UCI was uh, uh, assisted him in, uh, in complicity, in helping cover up and so on, and that the UCI really took the attitude that the most important thing was to defend the so-called reputation of the sport and the business of the sport rather than to look after its integrity and, and health. And I think that, was, that led us in the UCI into all sorts of difficult uh, circumstances. That's the Sport News this hour.
4: Well, that's how we wrap it up. Hey, to be honest, I'm a bit sad that we couldn't get some of those guests because I thought they were very knowledgeable and they could have just given us some insight on that particular story of today, looking at the African Higher Education Summit and some of the points that Dr. Tendai Morisa were very pivotal in actually moving forward with our education on the continent, especially when you look about the relevance of of our curriculum, does it address the real socio-economic uh, needs of the people on the ground? A lot of questions to ask actually after this particular hour. So hopefully that we maybe we can revisit it and see what happened after the summit, and maybe we could just to try to see if we can bring it to you because today we didn't really, really get the meaty stuff that we wanted to bring to you. But hey, we'll try to make sure that uh, we give it to you for uh, next week. Maybe relook the story once again. But you are listening to African dialogue. Remember, we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. Interact with us via Facebook. We've got a Channel Africa page. Tweet us at Channel Africa 1. Also, you can find us online on www.channelafrica.co.za SMS us as well. Your views on our programming on 27823325905. Hey, we're going to end with that beautiful song just to ease out of the program. Sodaj by Cesaria voice
2: Game of Travis me. caminho me. Soda Soda. Soda, diz minha terra, Sani Cláudio Soda, soda Soda, diz minha terra, Sani Quem mostrava esse caminho longe, quem mostrava esse caminho longe, esse caminho passando bem. Otra vez que mostraba es que que mostraba es camiñolos, es camiñol me. Soda, 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 desde minha terra San Inclá, Soda, Soda, Soda. Se minha terna se enclau, se vos escrever monta a escrever, se vos esquecer muito a esquecer, até dia que vou voltar. Se vos escrever monta a escrever, se vos esquecer muito a esquecer, até dia que vou voltar. Saudade Soda, soda, desña a terra semi Soda, 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 desña terra semi